you getting on? You ale? How you getting on? Huh? They call me that because of the hair and because I look like Joey Tribbiani from Friends. How you getting on? <laughs> Are you as well? Hey, did you hear that, by the way? Do you hear no buses outside my fucking window? Do you hear no ding 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 ba 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 motorcycles outside the front? I'm thinking I'm going to be Crazy Frog for Halloween. Dick out and all. Dick out and all. Just the dick out, little waistcoat, and one of those little moped things, helmets. And I'll be going around like da ding 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 ding. People be going mad for it. People be going mad for it. And be like, he, but he can do it. This is crazy. He can do it. Because it is the costume. Legally, you're allowed to do that if it's part of the costume. Well, I'm actually a dog. Walking around the nip, well, I'm actually a dog. So, you can do it. That's <laughs> fucking costume rules. Why did we ever let Eamon de Valera introduce costume rules where if you say you're an animal, you identify as an animal, so you're allowed to be in the nip. Well, I identify as a fucking crazy frog, so I'm a fucking dicko. That's one of those fucking labored, like, people who just do not understand, like, the most offensively, oh, well, I identify as a tree then. Fuck off. Don't even, anyway, we're not having to go. I'm saying you don't hear those things, the ding, 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 because I am now recording this, yes, and authentically fucking raw today. And I do mean that raw. I don't get to edit this. Normally I have my little laptop and I have my mic and I have a little space bar key that stops, right? So then I say a joke that doesn't land. A couple of clangers, right? A couple of clangers. And then I'm able to go, stop, reverse. F- hit the space bar, flip it and reverse it and then come back in as the well-accomplished comedian, the clanger-free comedian that you know and love that doesn't make mistakes. But life is not like that. And by stepping my pussy up and investing in this pod, I am now recording this fucking raw with no access to the space bar live here from the podcast studios on Pier Street, Lombard Street, one of these streets in Dublin. I've teamed up with the podcast studios. This is still an authentic gig. Don't get get me wrong, but I'm recording all of my pods and hopefully going to be putting out all of my content from here in the podcast studios. You wouldn't fucking believe the facilities they have. I am in here in a fucking studio to myself. Meaning in my fucking land. Might have a little fucking Tommy the fucking tank. Might be fucking Percy. And a fat controller up in here while I'm having a fucking Tommy the tank in a room to myself. I can't even delete that. I would delete it because it's a gross joke, but I can't. Because the space bar is in the other room. I just need to take this as it is, as one solid piece of art, which it is. So I'm here in the fucking room by myself. Get to do whatever I want. I get to fucking scream. And I get to do, you know, I don't have to worry about my darling son out, uh, out, out, you know, behind me in the other room, you know. I don't have my wife, you know, handing me the boy. You know, there are things that need to be done and you need to change them. And then me literally opening his nappy and finding a shit so big, I've lost his dick. Is shit sometimes. But anyway, I'm not going into that. He might listen to this someday. You know? Well, I'll let you know, son. You used to do shit so big, I had to excavate to find your penis. Not that I was, you know. Yeah, anyway. So, so I'm very excited. This is the start of a beautiful, well, hopefully, hopefully I don't fuck me over, <laughs> or I fuck them over. I could start stealing shit. Do you know what I mean? This is just things people do. Um, but I'm here in the studio having a big old fucking Tommy the Tank, a big old fucking army hammer up in this fucking bitch, right? Do you ever have, be- do you ever people say, have people say, uh, I, I, I tell you, he was working hand over fist. So what was your job, a professional wanker? That's all I that's all I visualize. I told you previously I have, you know, when you have when someone says a waxing crescent, the only thing I picture is your your arse, you personally. Um and when people say, "Oh, I was working hand over fist. He's been working hand over fist to prepare this meal." I'm like, "Well, unless is it what is a fucking chowder, you know. I don't mean to be crass, or I don't mean to be bleh, and the crass is the wrong word. Um but I don't mean to be smutty. And I'm trying to cut down on my language, right? I mean, I already, I already can't plug this. I've been on, look, I've been on telly, right? <laughs> I've been on telly, okay? I've been on the six o'clock show, you know? 
it's only a matter of time until I'm hosting the Late Late. You know this about me, right? We've established this. But I cannot plug this podcast because of its name. I'm not changing it. I'm not changing it. But, I'm, you know, I might just maybe kind of alleviate the unnecessary small. I'm still going to have stories about Boner. Not in this episode, but coming up. Um, I'm still going to have my smutty stories about me wanking in this booth on my own, right? And I tell you, that is the hardest. I remember working uh, solo. I used to work. He's going to bring it. Is he fucking bringing up sales again? He's practically working in a sales job. Uh, I worked in a sales job. <laughs> and then and then I was let uh, be freelance for a little while in that, in the same company. And I remember um, uh, my colleague saying, look, best look, and don't wank the company away, you know? And that's see that's so so me doing this right having this having this access to this space right the first the Marvel Phase One is not wank. Um, phase Two is put out better sounding podcasts um, than previous and and more frequent podcasts. You know, not having to find a baby free room. You know, and I'm not having to go with the boy. You know, he shits, he shits, and he cries. As would I. As would I. As do I. Now. I'm no excuse for it now. I tell you though, I've been in some fucking failures. Some failures. And I have everything. I have everything. I'm a very lucky man. Right? I know that. I have to write my lists. I have to write my um, my grateful lists. Right? Because you have to remind yourself. It's like what Zig Ziglar says. What he says about motivation. Being like motivation is like, um, is like showering. It's recommended daily, you know, as is gratitude. But sometimes, sometimes, like, do you ever have, like, I was just a fucking, do you ever have, like, just two things wrong with you? You just, there's two things, and it's like, I can't live. I don't know why. It's like, I had, I peeled, peeled my finger off. I was peeling potatoes, and you, you meant to have one of these fucking idiot-proof peelers, you know? They sell it in Ikea. One of these like peelers being like, you physically, like there's so many guards on it. It's almost like a, um, what do you have? Like, what's the part of the sword that kind of wraps around the hilt that kind of wraps around your fist? Like one of those proper, you know, really protecting your hand. Like literally these peelers, there's a, there's, it's like an, almost like an orb of plastic with one little sliver that's the peeler. That's just how much they're going around to kind of protect your finger to be like, really please try not to peel your finger off. And I was pe- peeling potato, peel it, there's a bit of my finger gone. That's it, gone forever. That's it gone forever. A little bit, but I'm wasting away. So I had that, and then I had a, uh, something in my eye. Something in my eye that was making it all kind of like, uh, I couldn't blink properly. And between that and my right eye, I was like, my fucking life is falling apart. But do you ever have that? Do you ever have, like, it could be, it could just be a, a bad spot, and, like, a bad spot, and... uh just a very itchy part at the back of your head. You can't seem to... And you're like, I'm going to fucking toss myself off. I'm, I'm, yeah, to make myself feel better. And then I'm going to, you know... And then I'm and I'm contemplating my own life. Um, So I was in a fucking failure about those two things. And literally, like, just, like, proper Charlie Brown, like, cloud over my head, just, like, staring angrily at the ground because I had two things wrong with me, you know? And also, I just, you know, what else? What was I talking about? <laughs> you know. But you know when you have, like, two things. I think two, you know, I can't I can't handle more than two things, you know. I was writing in my journal. I was like, my clothes are shit. I wrote that in my journal. My clothes are shit. Yeah, my fucking clothes are shit. No, do you know what my problem is? I have too many clothes. I have too many bloody clothes. And I don't, I haven't curated. I have five Excellent items of clothing. Like, I'm not fucking... This isn't, you know, Tan France's... Whatever. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I'm, anyway, I have like five excellent items of clothing. And then I have sandwiched on either side of that. The shit is about... I have a rail, right? And there's five um, bits of, like, fucking pastrami in there. And on either side is the shirts I've had since I was fucking 13. Just get rid of them. Put on display... Put Pop that pussy out. And put on display the clothes you're actually going to wear, right? And let me tell you this to you, and you know who you are, right? If your dick keeps, I said this before, if your dick keeps falling out in the boxers, right? If your dick keeps falling out, if they don't have good um, purchase on your balls, uh, if they're just tighter in the leg, 
if they're just tight around the, the, the thigh, or the elastic is kind of wearing out on the hip, right? Steal 50 quid and get yourself some new boxes. Just get the money. Just prioritize having comfy boxes. Just do that for yourself now, right? Life is too short to have, you know, I have shit boxers. I've already said it. I've already said it. Um, and I was, again, I just, whatever whatever reason, I was getting wound up. I was getting wound up on uh, on Twitter. I've had to delete Twitter. I've had to delete Twitter. I honestly, I can't have, I can't have, I don't know who Casey Musgraves is. I've never heard the words Rustin Kelly. Why do I give a shit that they filed for divorce? I don't know who that is. Right? I don't know who these people are. So why am I, like, clamoring? Why do I have this fucking itch literally in between my shoulder and my back of my neck and my spine for content? This itch. This itch that a smile from the boy can't satiate, that can only be satiated by me finding out who fucking Casey Musgraves is. Why? So I've had to delete it. Between that and being told how to how to, how to feel and what to do, right? Just being told. I don't want to. Don't fucking. Sorry. Can everyone who is please like don't fucking talk to me like that? And I was telling Terry about how wound up I was getting about Twitter. I wasn't even engaged in the conversation. I just wound up at something I saw on Twitter, and honestly, her eyes glazed over like I was describing a dream. Actually, I think that's what she said to me. She was like, when you say this shit to me, it's literally like you describing a dream about you in a fucking convertible with the turtles. Do you know what I mean? Which was a real dream I had. Me and the turtles killing witches in the place where Terminator died. In the molten pit, right? And uh, and, and you know what's weird? Do you know what turtles I dreamt of? The movie turtles. Which means that they are the closest turtles to my heart. When I dream of my home, when it's home for me in the dream, it's a gaff in Marino that I grew up in, you know? So that's the home for me. So when I think of definitive turtles, uh, it was, and it was cartoon April O'Neil. So there you go. What does that mean? <laughs> but it was lads in the suits from the movie. And we were killing the witches from Roald Dahl's uh, uh, hopefully you, you, your, your fucking eyes rolled over now because I'm talking about my dreams. How is it dream, talking about dreams and and and, talk, and telling people that you've lost your keys are like the two things that people honestly do not give a fuck about is the biggest imbalance of how much the person talking to you about it gives a fuck about it versus the person listening to you. Oh, I've lost my keys. Be like, oh, oh, like I don't. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I honestly couldn't even be fucked to give you an. Mm, oh. And then they're looking around and you don't even stand up. You know, you don't even stand up to check your own arse in case you're, you're like, oh, you kind of like shimmy. Oh, maybe it's, ugh. I guess you just fucking live here now. You know, I don't give a fuck that <laughs> you lost your keys. But like for you, it's like, why don't these? They're supposed to be my friends. You know, you're, you're freaking out. Why don't you give a shit about the fact I lost my keys? I remember in London, we were hanging out and it was a barbecue. And that's uh, <laughs> all. Like, so not funny. It's not funny now, but, like, it's, we were at a barbecue, and these kind of girls came over, and um, they were friends of my housemate. And um, they went off to get some cans, and it was really exciting. Everyone's like, excited for the barbecue. You know, everyone's really excited for the barbecue. And one of the girls, she was a bit, a bit kind of nervous. Um, you know, she was kind of girl that, you know, would hang out. I'm not having to go. No, I'm not having to go. Um, but she was kind of, like, quiet, you know. And they went off to get some cans, and she came back, and she's like, I lost my phone. <laughs> Fucking lost my phone. Like I went from here to like right over there. It was like ten feet, and I lost my phone. And I definitely had it because I, I I had to get it to I had to you know use it to find where the because I'm not from this part of the area, so I had to use it to find out where the shop is from over there. And I so I definitely had it, so I didn't lose it here. And I've checked everywhere, and I asked the guy if he found the phone. He didn't lose, and I was like, "You were gone like fifteen minutes." And we're like, "Oh no!" But then we moved, like we moved on. She was just there without a phone. You know, we kind of looked for a little bit. You know, I I I, I looked like I was looking for a little bit. I mean, the barbecue was great; it was still good fun. Um, but um, but she had lost. You know, it's, I couldn't. So um, that was like me saying about on Twitter, this guy, right? The, and and you want it. The way he acts, right, and then what he actually says, and then, you know, and I'm saying all this to Terry, he's like, I couldn't look at me, look at me, I couldn't give a fuck, so I've had to, because it's, it's not real. You're right. You should glaze over. You should 
not give a fuck. It's not real. It's not how people communicate. You would not sit in a room and communicate like that. People don't talk like that. It is, it is a, is a, it's a different type of game. Why do I have any kind of platform, right? It's because people are waiting on Plune Part 2, right? So everything I put out that's not Plune Part 2, it's just like, well, what the fuck are you even talking to me for? You didn't get there from being a fucking political commentator, right? Right? You didn't get there. So why are you now telling... Well, you know, so this is what this is why I, what I think sometimes. Anyway, I had to get off Twitter. Back on TikTok. And I'm going to be using this studs to bring you some quality tick. I love fucking TikTok. Give me the tick. Give me 15 minute, 15 second recipes, right? I And I skip past all the young ones. Don't be asking me that. I skip past all the young ones. I, I want to just, I, I'm doing a battle of the Chris's, right? I'm doing the battle of the Chris's, okay? I'm doing the battle of the Chris's. I don't, I don't, I'm going to finish it, right? If I start something, I'm finishing it. That is my 2020. It's what I owe to the people who want to hear the Chris's. I will admit something. The idea of the Battle of the Chris's was probably funnier in my head. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be an outright beef off. But there's only so much you can do when you don't have like an, an accomplice, not accomplice, you don't have like a straight man to kind of bounce off, you know? It's not like there's someone here telling me how shite the Chris's are to balance it out to say, well, how amazing and hot Chris Hemsworth is, you know, or how amazing hot Chris Pine is, how amazing hot... All this sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the idea was because I st- this started with an argument I had with my wife about who the best Chris was. Chris Pine or Chris Evans. And I stood in the, he- the Evans camp. She was in the Pine camp. Pine camp. <laughs> I'm not laughing at Mein Kampf. Anyway, so that's how it started. So I thought, oh, I'd love to reinvigorate because that, that's, a, that's a funny idea. And it's not quite you know, manifested like that. You take a swing. It's not like the Eurovision where I actually have the prop of being able to present this and you can make your own decision. Having said that, I have looked up five of the cutest facts about the four remaining Chris's in the Battle of the Chris's. And with those four remaining facts, I've also gone through some of the roles that they were going to play in different films. We can maybe paint a bit of a what-if scenario for that. And I've also, um, and we're also going to see how they compete in the four C's. With a potential bonus fifth C of cum. <laughs> and that's... Normally I would have edited this. This would have been cut down to, what, five minutes or seven minutes or whatever it is before the intro. But I told you. This is unlike the Shire. This is like bloody Hong Kong, baby. Because we've got big windows in which to do this. And we are again going fucking raw live from the podcast studios here on the Tony Cantwell Shit Show. So what's been up, man? How's your daughter? My girlfriend's pregnant too. I'm about to be a father. Guess what I'm going to call her? I'm going to name her Ban. I read about your Uncle Ronnie too. I'm sorry. Stan, man. I wonder how many Stan uh, Instagram request messages uh, Slim has up in his up in his box, up in his DMs. Guess what I'm gonna call? I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a fucking Stan. I'm gonna do a Stan. Um, I got a plume tattoo. I wanna be like you. The ma's me. She makes me go crazy. Reminds me of my ma. I'm gonna kill her someday. Dear Rory, please don't kill your ma'am. <laughs> Dear Rory, it's really good about you. You got that plume tattoo. You got to come meet me. I really want to see you. I'm really sorry that your ma's late wrecking your head in, but please don't kick her head in. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, have you been well? Have you been looking after yourself? Isn't it great being back to normal, but also feeling really bad about it? Isn't it great just we're all back to normal, seeing our friends again, but also being made feel really guilty about it? Absolute scenes on Dame Lane. I didn't know. Publicans outraged. I didn't know where they were going to drink the hundred pints. I didn't know. We had some people indoors. They were separated. And then people were allowed just take out a hundred pints. I didn't know where they'd go. I mean, usually they go out literally, literally, literally right outside the door and kind of collaborate with the other pubs. But I thought they'd have more, com- oh, oh, more common sense. 
So good, good, good going out and feeling good going back into our restaurants, isn't it? Back into our restaurants, right? Right? <laughs> Here's me getting comfy. Soapbox Cantwell here, huh? Don't drop the soap. Do you ever see that? That happens. I'm probably already said this on the podcast before. But people are like, you know, you might even see that in a PG film. Someone be like, hey, don't drop the soap. <laughs> don't drop, you know, like some Agent Cody Banks, uh, you know, bests some some Nickelodeon executive. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of two different Frankie Muniz films, right? <laughs> I'm thinking of two different, I'm combining two Frankie Muniz vehicles, right? But Agent Cody Banks is able to best some Nickelodeon executive, paint them all blue, Paul Giamatti, and then he goes off to prison. And it seems like that's the sort of joke to be like, hey, don't drop the soap. And you'll be like, you know what that fucking means, don't you? You know what that fucking really means. You see that? You'll see that in more PG things than you think. Um, But anyway, what am I saying? Yeah, it was out the old restaurants there. Went to mm, Fibbers. Mwah! Fucking Fibbers Pizza. Mwah! Delicioso! <laughs> Thank God we got to go back into the restaurants so I could have my delicious Fibbers Pizza. Mwah! I'm not having to go. I'm not having to go. It was actually a, a decent pizza. Um, went to another pub there. I've been, I've, I've been out a lot, right? I've been out a fucking lot. So what? The kid sleeps in a papoose. It's great, right? So I was out there... Um, and I was having a couple of pints, not in Fibbers, in a different bar. And um, me and Terry were having drinks, and they were like, okay, would you want to order some food? And we were like, oh, well, we think we'll split. Yeah, we like, what's the one with like, the kind of salami? Yeah, we'll kind of split one of these pizzas. And the waitress was like, well, legally, you have to have, you both have to have a pizza. You have to have a pizza each. Legally. And I'm like, fucking, that's a fucking, this is a police state I can get behind, right? Being forced. Well, I suppose we had to, what, a mega box? Oh no. <laughs> or Orwell was right, huh? <laughs> I can't believe I have to eat all this curry. This is insane. Look, Terry, I know we said, you know, we'd be healthy and I'd get, you know, I'd look after my heart. But um, you know, Gardy's orders that we have this extra pizza. So I'm like fucking happy days. Let's have more of that. Although when I was going into the pub, I had a little uh your man had one of those uh, therm- thermometer guns. Luckily, there's an exterior thermometer. You didn't have to put it anywhere. But you know what? If it was a case where they were like, it's a single-use thermometer, it has to go up your ass. If I was so desperate for a pint, I'd be like, give me the, I'd be like, fucking give me the big one, whatever. Give me the fucking big one. Once you get the real temp, give me the big one, right? And I and I would do it. I for points, I would do it to get on the other side of points. What you wouldn't? Well, fair enough. <laughs> You're dead right. Anyway, um, what else is there? What else is going on? <laughs> what else is going on? Huh? This is exciting. I'm here. I'm in this fucking studio on my own. I can be as loud as I want. There's no pitter patter of uh, of uh, well, you can't fucking crawl. Crawl. You can barely move. You can barely move. He's lifting his neck up though. He's like, um, he's he's kind of he, he does this thing. My son, I'm talking about my boy. He does this thing now where um, every kind of I've said this before. Every kind of big thing um, that kind of approaches his head, he thinks or assumes is a tit. You know, and so he gets you know his his mouth goes. Uh, you know, he gets. <laughs> he's trying to like everything you put near his head. You know, he thinks is a tit. So if I can, I give him a little bit of a you know a kiss on the cheek. He like turns real quick. You know, uh, with his tongue out, he literally looks like a like a pickup artist, like trying to get the meat every time. You know, like, uh, like no son, right? Just a little kiss. I'm not the diddy, all right. I'm the daddy, all right. I'm gonna get some t-shirts printed. Say, not the diddy. I'm the daddy. Maybe diddy daddy, diddy daddy. That hasn't been taken by anyone. I am the diddy daddy. <laughs> right, that's it. That's me. I'm the diddy daddy. Well, look, let's not dilly-dally, says the Diddy Daddy, because we have some Chris's to rank. <laughs> well, we're not ranking them. Um, <laughs> I'm not making a joke there. I'm not making a... Would you want... Which Chris do you want to rank? So listen, I have a statement I want to make here. Um, these Chris's, I said at the, at the end of the last podcast that it was going to be Chris Tucker in the final, in the Chris Tucker, Bush Trucker Oh, that would have been fucking great if it had been Chris Tucker versus Chris Hemsworth. It would have been the Bush Tucker trial. 
Bush Trucker? Bush Tucker. I don't watch that shit. Although I will say this. Um, when Anton Deck... No, that's that. Slander. In a hypothetical situation that if Ant and Deck were both gay and they decided to come out, that is a day... I am taking a day off work from that. I am fucking. I am marching down the fucking streets. I will be in floods of tears of happiness if that were to be the case. I would love to. I'd love to ship them together, Ant and Deck. Um, ship them off in a big gay cruise together, and for them to come out. I would love, uh, but they're not. They're whatever. They have partners. They're not. They're not. I'm saying in a hypothetical universe, if they were like, we felt pressure. We didn't want to do anything about it. I've been in love with my best friend for the last 30 years. He is my best friend. He is my, you know, confidant. He is my uh, my work colleague. And I love him. I would, I would, I would, I, I, that would be like a day, like what, when we found out that we could watch movies on our phone and we should have had parades that day. Well, we fucking are having one in the hypothetical universe so as to not be slanderous um, where Ant and Deck come out as gay. So, um, <clears throat> um, so one thing was, I said Chris Tucker had won. It wasn't. It was Chris uh, Evans. Tucker did not cut the mustard. Apologies when it came down to the fifth C of cum. Chris Evans proved more cum worthy. Um, and also, in terms of a, la- a lack of uh, female Chris's, someone had uh, Keith Walsh, 2FM, had a go at me there. Was it Keith Walsh? I've deleted Twitter. I don't know. Um, saying that. I was not representing the female Chris's. Well, let me tell you why, right? Because I don't fucking know who Chris Jenner is. Why should I give a shit? Um, look, I, you know, it came down to the beef. It was Beef House, okay? It came down to the beef. It was really going to be the battle of the beef. And by the look of the draw, Chris Tucker, right? Chris Tucker was... Chris Tucker and Christian Bale, right? They were the wild cards. They snuck in. And, and and they've shook 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 and things they're shaking things up. Sometimes, and this is just an old a neurosis of mine. I, I I stutter, and I get worried. People are going to think I'm doing some fucking, like I'm doing a voice. I'm doing like an inappropriate voice. I'm you know, I have a stammer. I have a stammer. Okay, I'm not as bad as Gareth Gates. You know, that was a great story, wasn't it? We're not talking about him. Um. But anyway, the female Chris's look. Maybe Christina Applegate would have got in there. She probably would have fucking. I'm not. Yeah, she probably would have. Um, that was just me saying because I'm trying not to swear as much. Christina Applegate would have probably come in there, and I'm loving dead to me. She's incredible in that. Um, she would probably shake things up. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but the reality is, Xtina would have won hands down. Xtina would have won hands down. We all look. Everything changed after Dirty. You know, I've said that, right? Everyone says 9-11 was the seismic shift. That was 2001. Well, I think that when Dirty came out a couple of months later, people think, oh, well, that's no, that's when things really changed. Everything changed after Dirty. And for me, a 14-year-old boy, I was like, hey, fantasies about hand-holding in your head? Yeah, you and me are done professionally. This is over now. All the soft shit is over. It's Dirty now. Everything's different now. Everything's different and I remember watching Dirty and thinking, if I, she looks great, but I wish she was cleaner. I remember thinking that at the time, you know. But who am I to judge? She was having fun with um, Redman. Um, or, yeah, Redman. Um, and I, I, I maybe brought this up on the podcast because I bring it up to anyone who will listen. Christina Aguilera uh, modeled in a, a copy of Maxim from January 2003. Um, and I think it would have been, what, 15, 16? 15, 16? And... Um, and look, I fucking, uh, there was fucking, there's no, there weren't, weren't even any staples left in this thing. There weren't even any staples left. Me and my mate Dara, and I think my cousin Omar, shared this copy of Maxim. Shared it. I mean, arguably we should have got it um, laminated. Um, Not that there was, you know, was no, none of that business. None of that business. I told you, I used to masturbate over the toilet. For, for for too long, I used to have a wank over the toilet. Right, I didn't have a wank in my bed. I wanked into the toilet like pee. Right, <laughs> so I was a clin. I was clinical. I was very clinical. We all were. 
It was a secret then. We thought we were going to hell. We were in a Christian brother's school. No, we didn't. But anyway, what am I fucking talking about? Well, I know what I'm talking about, but I'm getting shy. But look, everything changed. So look, Christina Aguilera would fucking roll in. She would roll in. Everything changed after Dirty. <laughs> I'm repeating myself. But, you know, and if you're if you're looking at the war, you know, if you're looking at the war between her and Britney, you know, look, Britney's got the better bangers. You know that. And I'm talking about the tunes, mind you, you know. Although, this is a fucking thing. As I'm getting older, and I was younger than these women, right? I was younger than Christina Aguilera. I was younger than Britney Spears. But I look at them now, and I just have nothing but sympathy for these kids. <laughs> like, and I know, that's so fucking shit. I don't get to, you know... Like, you know, you know they were my pinup. These were my pinup girls. Like, you know... Like, I'm, I can't, I'm watching Buffy again. And I, like... I told you this, I had like two Buffy posters in each corner of the room folded down the middle, right? And I just, I can't, you know, I can enjoy it for what it is now, but I don't, I'm not, I can't, you know, I used to be a per, you know, I, I'm fucking, but, um, Dirty, I think is, Dirty is the fucking best banger. No, Dirty's not, Dirty's not, Dirty's, Dirty's not even a great song, Dirty's not even a great song. Um, I'll tell you what the fucking banger is, sorry, the banger is Genie in a Bottle. Genie in a Bottle is the best banger of the young 90s pop starlets. Imho, right? I think so. I think it's better than any Britney Spears song. I think it's better than any Britney Spears song, including Toxic, right? Slave for You is a shit song. Slave for You is up there with uh, Shut Up and Drive in like the one of the... I think Rihanna's Shut Up and Drive was like a test to see will the public actually lap up everything Rihanna has to put out? Because that is just like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? How bad of a song that is. Anyway, I'll tell you, poor fucking Jessica Simpson. You know, poor Jessica Simpson. Not that it's a competition. Do you know what I mean? This isn't a competition. This isn't like, you know, it's not like you'd be like, why is it because it's women, like young women, and then it's like, oh, well, now what team are you on? Team Britney, team, you know, Christina. And why is it it that it's a competition, right? Why is it a competition just because it's two women? through pure graft and talent, are able to do the most difficult thing, arguably, that's possible in the, in the universe, become a pop star, right? And then they're pitted together because they're women. Just because, like, they're they really, they're very different styles. They have, they're both very different people, you know? And it's not like you'd have, you know, all right, who do you prefer? What, teams, what team are you on? Are you on team Enrique Iglesias or team Michael Buble? Do you know what I mean? It's the same fucking thing. They're both completely different, you know? Why are we picking? Divisive. But anyway, um, poor Jessica Simpson. Poor, poor Jessica Simpson, you know? She's like, and, what, what about, and don't forget about me. Like, no, you're, you're all right, love. You're all right. Thanks, though. Thanks, though. No, I'm, I'm stuffed. Thanks very much. Jessica Simpson, like, do you want, hey, I don't want a milk chocolate rice cake. I'm like, ah, no, you're, yeah, you're all right. <laughs> you're all right. Thanks very much. Although I do like that Jessica Simpson one, the one um, that borrows from um, Jack and Diane, you know. Which I only found out was called um, Jack and Diane. I said, hey, Google, play Life Goes On by Tom Petty. And it said, playing Jack and Diane by John Mellencamp. And I'm like, you fucking schooled me. I felt like Terry. I felt like how Terry talks. And I'm like, I didn't like it. I didn't like being talked to like that. Anyway, um, and Ashley Simpson as well. Remember fucking Ashley Simpson? And this is this is how this is how they get you, right? This is how they nab you when you're a, when you're a boy, when you're a child, right? When you don't know any better. Like literally, Ashley Simpson comes along, the younger one. So naturally, the fucking nonces in fucking Hollywood were like, "Fucking let's roll this one out. This one's getting sour, right? This one's getting sour. Let's roll out. Who else do we have in the Mickey Mouse fucking uh, clone chamber?" To turn into a fucking object, right? So just so then Ashley Simpson is is still knocking about. Makes a couple of cameos in Newlyweds, the show with uh, Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. Ashley Simpson rocks up, looks like Jessica Simpson, and look, that's not you know, they're pretty girls. But I mean, the main thing is they have you know big heads and they have blonde hair, right? That's the whole thing. That's that's what that's what's that's what's sold. If you really look at what's sold, people have big heads, like very, you know. Attractive people have very big heads. That's a thing that, you know... Anyway, so she's got a big head, right? Um, And then they roll around. They're like, oh, we're going to give her own show. The Ashley Simpson show, right? So 
And to be fair, she has that fucking banger. Uh, pieces, pieces of me. Oh, pieces of me. That's what it's called. Right. But like literally, like she rocks up and she's like, all right, this is a kind of Avril Lavigne tune. It's gone to Rocky Bits. Right. Uh, she's got a cool fringe. She's wearing a hood. Right. And I'm like sold. I'm on the I'm in the I'm in the emo phase, right? I'm I'm already kind of in by that stage, right? I'm already in the emos, but she's kind of like it's kind of pop, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely, Ashley Simpson. She looks she looks incredible. What is it about her? She looks incredible. And then you literally watch the Ashley Simpson show, and there's an episode where they force her to get a fucking fringe. She doesn't even want to get a fringe, and they're like, oh, and you're going to wear this dark makeup, and you're going to put this hood on. Literally, she's it's like Texan girl, you know, country Texan girl. Like, well, I don't know if she is, but, you know, that's what I assume. Like Jessica Simpson. And they literally manufacture her in front of your eyes. And it's still like, doop, right in African Ashley Simpson next to fucking Taking Back Sunday on your bag, right? So I'm dumb like that. Anyway, I'm old. I'm an old fuck. Um, but, you know, what? in reality, I probably would have been. With your Ashley Simpsons and your, and, your, and your Jessica Simpsons and those kind of like, you know, those like... Glamorous, glamorous ladies, right? I would have been, I would have thought I was original for not fancying them. I would have thought, oh, well, I'm original for not fancying them and fancying, like, fancy, this is my type, the, the friend, the forlorn friend who likes their friend, your Willows from Buffy, right? Um, Alison Hannigan. Your, um, your Alison Mack as well, who played Chloe in Smallville. I guess she wasn't fucking, you know, Lana Lang or whatever her name is. I should know that's fucking Lana Lang. Lana Lana Lang. Fine. Good. I, I got that right. Lana Lang from Smallville, right? If if you're if you're the best friend and you're forlorn, you're fancying the main character, I would have been screaming at the screen, Why does he not fancy her? Does he not realise he's got a perfect bird right there? I'd have her. I'd have her, you know? Um But anyway, look, that's not what we're about here. That's not what we're about here. We are about the beef, okay? We are about the... All right, so here we go. Let's do it. Look, I owe it to you. The Battle of the Chris's. Let's just do it, right? Here we go, right? First off, it's Hems v. Pratt in Where's the Beef? Do you want that Melbourne style you can? Or Minnesota style? As it's Thor versus Star-Lord. Then it's Psycho versus Captain American, that is, as Chris Bale takes on ginger host of Top Gear Season 1, Chris Evans. Remember he was fucking dating and married an 18-year-old. This isn't non-swatch, but you know what I mean. He, he's, he was 35 when he married Billy Piper, right? If he, that means that if he was my age, 33, she would have been 16 now. Do you know what I mean? If I, if Terry, you know. Jerry Seinfeld bloody married a, uh, dating a 17-year-old when he was 40. Anyway, sure. Here we go first. I'm going to kick it off with Chris Bale versus uh, bloody Ebbs. I feel like I'm pulling this out of my arse, but I, I have I had to do it. So we've got a couple of fun facts for you here, right? And I'm going to... Bale, right? Apparently he was born in Wales, um, but he doesn't identify. He says, I'm not Welsh, I'm English. Well, I tell you, when you're going mad, lads, you don't sound either. You don't sound either. You're a nice guy, but it's not going to cut it. Uh, he was never happy with his performance in The Dark Knight. Well, look, that makes bloody one of us, Chris, because I thought you were brilliant. But apparently he sell, he sells seashells by the seashore. He said that he thought he couldn't properly convey the twisted nature of Batman. From the twisted nature of Batman comes The Dark Knight. Um, and in the flicks, he performed all his own stunts. This guy wants to hurt himself. This is what happens when you get kids into the entertainment uh, scene uh, early. They just don't, don't they, you know, just don't have the crack. They just don't, they don't get to have the crack. You get him in an Empire of the Sun or whatever. I haven't seen it. Newsies and all that. I've never seen it. And then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, I want to lose sixty-three pounds for the machinist and drive the fucking Batmobile into a wall, right? even though he didn't actually get to drive the Batmobile. But he has lost a lot of weight. He has lost 63 pounds for The Machinist. He gained 100 pounds for Batman. American Hustle, he put on 43 pounds, lost 3 pounds for The Fighter, you know. you know. And it's like, wow, that's cool. That's, wow, that's impressive. I don't know why I'm shitting on Christian Bale. It is impressive. And it is impressive, his commitment. There's just something cold about him. There's just something cold about him. And I can't quite... But look, it'll, only come, it'll come down to the four Cs. Um, 
His first kiss was with an acrobat. No, not bloody Dick Grayson. Her name was Barta. He wasn't uh, kissing uh, Robin from the comics. Um, so here's another segment of the show, of this part, that's called Almost Cast. Almost cast. Literally telling you the flicks that he was almost cast in. So Christian Bale was almost cast in Titanic, losing to DiCaprio. Could you imagine that? You're so stupid, Rose. You're so stupid. <clears throat> Rose, you're so stupid. You're so fucking stupid. I figure life's a gift. You don't tend on wasting it. You don't know where. You don't know where. Where is he from now? This is my version of Swedish, uh, Christian Bale. I figure life's a gift. I don't intend on wasting it. You don't know where, what hand you're going to be dealt next. <laughs> you learn to take life as it comes at you, to make each take. Uh, the best I've seen, ma'am, hardly any rats. I think he would have been shite. Although he probably would have, he could have been great. And we could have seen that nice, charming, we do see it sometimes in films where he is a romantic, but you do seldom see it as a kind of romantic lead. I could be pulling it out of my arse. I just can't think of many off the top of my head. But um, that could have been a completely different trajectory. Although that is not the last. Um, well, actually, no, I'll jump straight into it as well. He almost lost American Psycho to DiCaprio. And then DiCaprio gave up the role and decided to do the beach. So that's what happens. You do Titanic. You're like, all right, I don't want to be pigeonholed into this. I want I want to show something a bit crazier. I want to show it a real fucking uh, running through the fucking jungle like a video game, you know. And he goes up and does the beach. Imagine he had done uh, American Psycho, you know. Hey, Paul. I don't know how he would have done different. I don't know if I have a DiCaprio. Um, don't just look at it. Eat it. You know. Um, he goes mad. He goes mad. You know. He also was um, narrowly lost out for the role in Casino Royale to Daniel Craig, who's getting fucking. He doesn't like doing the Bond films. What is with this? What is with not being able to shake up Bond? Not stirred. <laughs> Just shake it up. Get rid of him. Get rid of Craig. I liked it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Casino Royale, best Bond ever. Um, uh, Skyfall, second best. Craig. Um, I don't know what the I used to think Sean Connery best Bond but I think I was just trying to be fucking cool original is best original is best um, he also uh, was almost cast as Will Turner in the Pirates franchise uh, but lost to Bloom I'm a pirate I'm here in the Caribbean I'm James Bond Vodka Martini I think I'm doing Anthony Porowski from Queer Eye's voice and uh, when I do that, anyway, so that is our boy Chris Bale. How does he compete against Chris Evans? Okay, here's some little fun facts about Chris. He's a Buddhist. Uh, he just spent three weeks in a Buddhist camp. Uh, he, when he was filming Snowpiercer, um, they had to reshoot the shawarma scene in Avengers. So in that scene, he's holding his face because he's wearing a prosthetic jaw to hide his beard. So that's at least Reg if you rewatch that. Uh, he always wanted to be a Disney animator and his father was a dentist. Well, there's no surprise there, Chris, with the lovely smile on your face. Um, yeah, I'm not really selling this. I'm not really selling this. What do I like about Chris Evans? See, this isn't the thing. It's not really a beef on. I, I can't make this funny when I'm just talking in earnest about the Chris's that I like. Do you know what I mean? It's difficult. Um, but here's things he almost was cast. He, was, he lost uh, what he said was the dream role in Cameron Crowe's Elizabethtown, which, um, <clears throat> Cameron Crowe, look, I love you. You're my baby. You know I love you, but you haven't, make a, you haven't made a good flick since Vanilla Sky. Not having a go. You haven't made a good flick since Vanilla Sky, you know, and you have everything going for you. You have everything going for you. Make it independent again if you have to, right? He lost that to Orlando Bloom, and he also lost uh, the James Franco role of uh, Harvey Milk's lover, Scott Smith. Um, so that could have been Chris Evans, you know? So there you are. It's Chris Evans. I mean, if I were to weigh up those two things, the winning thing here would be Christian Bale. Christian Bale beats Chris Evans every day of the week. But we're doing the four C's. And the four C's are based on charm, your characters, your comedy ability, and your chest. And if push comes to shove, come. So, what's it going to be, boys? What's it going to be? When it comes down to charm, Chris Bale... I respect you. I would die for you. But I think you're a really good actor. When it comes to charm, it's going to be Chris Evans. This guy loves dogs. He loves dogs so much. Um, You know. 
And he just seems very, you know, he seems like a guy who wants to kind of keep his own sanity. And he doesn't seem like he wants in on the Hollywood thing, you know. Not to say that Bale does either, but he just seems like a charming guy. If I was having someone over for dinner, you know, I'd probably have, you know, a couple of pints in the snug. I'd probably want to do it with um, and get real snuggly with uh, Chris Evans. When it comes to characters, it's Bale. Hands down, it's Bale. Look, when it comes to characters, this is a guy I put up there with a Jake Gyllenhaal. I, I you know, I, I think he's probably a better actor than Jake Gyllenhaal. He, he can do it. And it's like, you know who the, you know who it is. You know that's Christian Bale. But he just gets into it. He gets into a new character. You know? And it's surprising that he would lose out to Leonardo DiCaprio in so many different roles because he is hands down a fucking ten times the actor that Leonardo DiCaprio is. He has variety. He, I mean... Bruce, his Bruce Wayne is a character. That is not easy to do. Ben Affleck came close. Um, and I know I said Michael Keane's probably my second favourite, but I don't know if I love his Bruce Wayne. I don't know if he gets Bruce Wayne. I bought it in Japan. Hey, Joker, I'm crazy. I'm fucking crazy. You know, I don't know if I get that. I don't know if I get that. But I get him. He's, Ameri- he's American. He's amazing in American Psycho. He's amazing in American Psycho. I think one of his best roles is um, um, The Big Short, where he plays that neurosurgeon, neurologist, who becomes like a kind of short trader. He's great. He's just captivated by what he sees on the screen. He has this level of genius. You know, I think, I don't know, I don't know many autistic people, but I thought his uh, portrayal of someone on, on the autism scale was subtle, but detailed and interesting. Like, he was just like, I'm not answering calls. He was just, like, been able to kind of shut down like that. that that's a level of autism I've not been able to see done as well. So I'll say that. Not that I know any autistic people. and I'm not going by any fucking barometer there. So he's got the character's hands down. Comes to comedy. I don't even know if Evans is that good anymore. Do you know what I mean? I'm fucking, I think I might be bored of him. I, you know. He's like, I, don't, I, I actually thought he was quite funny in Knives Out. Who am I trying to convince here? Is this interesting for you? Is this interesting for you? Look, he's funnier than Christian Bale. He's funnier than Christian Bale. You going to argue that? Have you seen not, not Another Teen Movie? He's great in it. He's really funny. He's really funny in Captain America. He seems to just be having fun. He's funny. He's able to deliver funny lines, you know? Especially with a good Joss Whedon line teed up there. Boom, he can smash it out of the park. And when it comes to chest, when it comes to chest, i got to give it to Evans. When he's wearing that jumper and knives out, he's fucking busting out. When he's wearing the Captain America suit, he's busting out, right? Even when he's as a jock, well, not so much. Not another team movie. Look, i got to give it to Evs. You knew this was coming. You knew this was coming. And I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Christian Bale. You are out of here. Good luck to you. Chris Evans is going on to the final of the Chris of the Titans. Congratulations. Right. Um. Now, look. Now we got Hems v. Pratt. And I'm going to be honest. In my opinion, this was the final. In my opinion, it's these two. But we had a couple of upsets. We had a kind of a weird rating system here. We had a kind of weird, uh, we had a weird uh, wild cards come into this and totally shake it up. It was going to be Hems or Pratt. For me, they're the two beef. Put me in the middle. You know what I mean? And make this a fucking double double, d- double down. I'm the cheese. They're two chicken fillets either side of me. Do you know what I mean? Um, so here's some cute facts about um, Chris Hemsworth. Right? He says his most challenging role was Ghostbusters. Remember I was saying about how funny he was in Ghostbusters? And this was the role that kind of teed him up as a kind of bit of a comedy star going on to the next flicks. Apparently Hemsworth consulted director Paul Feig ahead of the flick and said he didn't really know how to approach this role. And you know what Feig said? Yeah, just roll with it. And I respect Paul Feig. I love Freaks and Geeks. I think it is spe- spectacular, one of the greatest shows ever. It's probably the greatest, one of the greatest single season shows there is. Probably the greatest single season show. Probably the greatest cancelled show there is. Freaks and geeks. So I got respect for you, Paul Feig, but you just dropped the ball on the Ghostbusters. I'm not going to go into it now because this is exactly the part where I saw the drop-off rate in the consumption of the podcast and the details that I shouldn't really be looking into, but I just happened to look at it from the last episode anyway. But apparently Hemsworth went to Paul Feig and said, this is the night before the shoot, um, three to four, sorry, three to four weeks prior, but he was apparently the night before the shoot he was going to pull out because three or four weeks before he said... Um, Paul Feig said he was going to write up the character, really adapt him a lot more, and then they got the script and nothing changed. They hadn't changed it at all. Literally, it's too big a flick. Bridesmaids was just a bit of a sleeper hit. I think maybe when you get Columbia in there and Sony, and they're just like, what are you doing to our franchise? Make sure this, maybe that's, maybe something happened there. Maybe I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. But Hemsworth was like, I'm fucking out. You guys don't know what you're doing. And so he had to improv all that stuff that makes it good. And that's that's me last week saying that I don't I didn't think he improv I thought it was well written for him. Turns out he was the one 
who was able to kind of just have a, a bit of a mess, you know? His uncle was the actual Crocodile D. That's some wild shit. So he knows his way around the outback, if you know what I mean. He knows his way around the bush, if you know what I mean. Those two little innuendos, the first one was for a man, and the first, second was for a woman. So there you go. <laughs> There's two Australian innuendos about how Chris Hemsworth is Mr. Steal Your Wife slash boyfriend, uh, husband. So um, this is another one, another part of Almost Cast. He was almost cast as G.I. Joe, lost to Chai T, my main man Channing Tay. Uh, and also, almost, and this is where worlds would have collided for me. This is where you get a lovely Venn diagram of two things that Tony loves. Chris Hemsworth, and he was also meant to play Gambit, my favorite X-Man in X-Men Origins Wolverine, an absolute dog shit film, an absolute dog shit film, an absolutely offensively bad. I think I cried when I saw it. Um, so he, he, Chris Hemsworth could have been Gamba. I, I like Taylor Kish. He was, he was, he was a good Gamba. He just did, you know, it didn't fucking, there was nothing to work, fucking work with, you know? Um, so there you are. That's the bit on Hems. That's the bit on Hems. He's a cute guy. He's also going to be playing Terry Balea, uh, aka Hulk Hogan, in the new Todd Phillips, uh, Hulk Hogan biopic coming to Netflix. Which I'm, that's again a, a lovely little Venn diagram, tasty little Venn diagram. I like Joker. I liked it. I mean, I knew what it was. It's not a cans getting up on your fucking feet, not putting cans on your feet, but I mean like cans film festival up on your feet, applaud for twenty minutes. It's like Stranger Things, stealing Spielberg, stealing Stephen King. He stole Scorsese, put the Joker in it, got a really good actor, and bish bash bosh. What's to not to like? Do you know what I mean? Don't be fucking getting so fucking. Is it art? Is it oh, you know best picture? You know that's up to them. If you don't like it, don't go see it. I told you this. Critics. Hey, critics. If you don't like it, don't go see it again. Don't don't watch it again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't be telling me it should have been shorter, should have been longer, or someone else should have been in it. If you don't like it, don't go see it again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Simple as that. If you thought... Oh, anyway. Um, so uh, I wonder if this new Hulk Hogan biopic is just going to be... Imagine it was literally shot... Imagine Todd Phillips just had that one good flick, like that that one kind of arguably serious flick in him and it was literally a shot for shot exactly the same as the Joker except Hulk Hogan was in it almost like GTA modders they got the PC version of it and modded in Hulk Hogan instead of the Joker you know brother um, I'd be excited to see that I'd love I'd say, I'd say there's some serious fucking I'd say there's some serious dirt in there um, right let's move on Pratt Pratt who doesn't love Pratt it's Chris Pratt Several years ago, uh, Chris Pratt made a video of himself reading a fake text from Steven Spielberg accepting a role in Jurassic Park 4. Hey, did he do the Jim Carrey thing? The Jim Carrey thing of saying, I am going to star in three films and I am going to become a millionaire or have $10 million. Later, wrote, wrote a check to himself for $10 million or a million dollars and said he was going to star in three big Hollywood films. I think that was, what, Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura and The Mask, was it? So he did that. That was like secret shit. You know what I mean? Manifest. That's not Manifest Destiny. Manifest Destiny is when you colonize America. Anyway. Um, but, you know, manifested his own, his own, whatever. Fuck off. Shut up. Shut up for a second. Gary hasn't really got one in. Well, he has. I just haven't been able to react to Gary with the old space bar. But he's still there. Um, so Chris Pratt said he was going to star in Jurassic Park 4. Stars in Jurassic Park 4. So he auditioned for a steady, uh, steady gig at a strip club before he bombed the audition. Probably uh, probably did that upside-down dick trick accidentally, and they were like, oh, no, we want right-side-up penises here, please. Please, please, leave, leave, please. There's the, that's the fucking door. Don't let the fucking door smack your upside-down cock on the way out. Um, it's kind of similar to me when I applied for a job as a phone sext line worker, uh, where you get paid like 17 pence per sext that you send, you know. And for me, back in the old MSN messenger days, you know, I would have been, back then, I wouldn't have been very good now. He's fluent in German. Um, I wonder if that's because of the German contingent of the Minnesota. You know, our big fucking, big hefty Bavarians there. Not having to go. But, you know, fluent in German. Um, and look, the God shit, right? He's mad into God, right? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Chris Pratt's mad into God. I know he's into the military stuff. He's mad into the God. But apparently he only got into the God stuff because of um, he had a premie. His baby's a premie. Okay, premature baby. Right, born two months premium, prem, um, and so he was like literally just like I find myself talking in my head sometimes. You know what I mean? I don't know if I'd go back into the full praying thing. I was raised Catholic, 
But, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, please. You know, who am I saying that to? Now, is that something that, that is, I don't know if that, I don't think that comes, I'm not going to say that there's a level of morality that's found when all hope is lost that you don't get from having literally doctrine just forced into you. You wouldn't just, you wouldn't just go back to that. It's not like, you know, well, don't we all as humans end up talking to God? I'm not saying that, you know what I mean? But I'd say if you're raised with something, you use it as a bit of a support network, and then you don't have that anymore, whatever, he went back to it. I'd say he was there fucking praying for his kid to be alive, and then he was like, I promise I'll be a good Christian if you keep my kid alive. You know? And he believed, because of his kid being alive, that he got into it. Look, I know a lot of nice Christians. I know a lot of nice Christians. I know that turns people off. You know, he doesn't seem like the sort of guy who's kind of forcing it down, you know. And even... They don't, you know, yeah, I know when they get involved in kind of pop policy and that kind of, you know, God and country and all that sort of stuff. And you fucking, but he gets a pass. He gets a pass for me. And here's an interesting thing I found out. Him and his ex-wife, Anna Faris, uh, they had a designated day for sexting, like me, except they just kept it to one day. Um, And apparently they used to call it sexting um, Wednesdays. So they used to sext each other and it was fucking, they sent each other the wildest shit. So, um. I might say that to Terry and see how she see how see how we get on. Might read someone out. Um, I'll remove the names, of course, so you don't know who's talking about what. But I'll, I'll yeah. Um, and this is a weird. This is this is where you're kind of verging into the fucking mm, right. Uh, Chris Pratt says here loves improvising on set. Right. Apparently, he used to kill it in the table reads of Parks and Rec. He was the one to watch. Sure, they literally kept him in the entire show. He was meant to be written out after the first season. Got rid of fucking Mark Brandanowitz, loser. Brought in Chris Pratt. Right. Um, and he used to improvise a lot, um, and they used to find that very funny. Um, but it says here he even improvised the kissing scene in Jurassic Park. So Bryce Dallas Howard's reaction is real. No, okay, that's not okay. Also, when he did that thing where he was meant to be wearing kind of like nudie boxers and kind of showed up at the door where he was meant to be like arriving at the door naked and for Amy Poehler, and he had these boxers on, and he went out with his actual dick out. And that's kind of like a story, like, ha, 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 you know. But that's also fucking, you know, like her fucking best friend, Louis C.K., you know. Well, no, that's much different. That's much different. But you know what I mean. It's it's verging into that kind of, you know, you know, you can't just... It's what I'm saying. You know, I, I said this. Unless you're pretending to be an animal, like the crazy frog, or, hey, guard, you can't do that, and I'm a wolf. I'm legally a wolf. Um, You can't really just be getting, you know, this is not the glory days of getting your dick out anymore, right? I said this. I already said this on the previous pod. Um, Chris Pratt, he almost played... Um, um, so Chris Pratt almost played uh, Jake Sully, <clears throat> another Avatar one. How good would that have been? That would have actually made Avatar so much better. Imagine the crack. Why did they go with Sam Worthington? I don't understand that. And now they fucking bet on it. Now they bring him back out of fucking hibernation after him having fucking clangor after clangor. He gets a fucking boot up the arse again. His career gets a fucking kick up the arse. Um, he also auditioned for Kirk in the Star Trek and Captain America. So um, I don't think I would have liked him as Captain Well, maybe, you know. Just less funny. Is this any good? <laughs> Is this any good? Um, and apparently, Eddie Redmayne auditioned for Guardians of the Galaxy. God awful. Fucking Newt Gingrich, lad. Eddie Redmayne, oh, for whatever reason, I don't know know why, right? Maybe I'm getting dumb. Maybe I'm getting really dumb. But lads, like, whenever I see Benedict Cumberbatch or Eddie Redmayne, like, giving it socks, I just, I can't, I can't stomach it anymore. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Like, I have nothing but respect. I lapped up Sherlock. But yeah, Eddie Redmayne uh, in fucking Guardians, you know, you're all right. You're all right. Um, Okay, look. When it comes to the seas, what's it going to be? All right. Hems v. Pra. Ooh, okay. Right, look. When it comes to charm, I think I got to give it to Pra. I think I got to give it to Pra. That's the fact of the matter. Well, I got to give it to Pra. He's a more charming guy. You see him on the talk show, he's more charming. Although, Chris Hemsworth does have this thing it's like long or, or tall poppy syndrome. Um, they call it, where uh, apparently he says his humility comes from that. In Australia, the tall poppies are cut down, right? They're fucking, you know, uh, 
a very successful individual is kind of like fucking leveled. You just we probably have it here in, in Ireland as well. You know, you cannot get too big for your boots. You know, when you do, like Bono has given millions to charity, and people hate him. Being like, you fucking tall puppy, couldn't you? You know, they hate him, and fucking wait. God forbid it ever happens. God forbid it ever happens. Hopefully he outlives me. But God forbid Bono should ever die. Wait till you see the fucking turncoats. Wait till you see. Wait till you see the attitude change. Anyway, so that's where his humility comes from. So he's also a very charming guy. A guy that handsome should not be that charming. But he is. He's great. Because he's the Australians who are just like, you, fa- you fucking what you can? You fucking what? You ain't shit. Similar here in Ireland, you know? Colin Farrell, you ain't shit, you know? Um, but when it comes to charm, I got to give it to Pratt. When it comes to characters, I got to give it to Pratt. Andy Dwyer, Star-Lord, uh, uh, Owen in bloody Jurassic Park. The iconic Owen in Jurassic Park. Um he was in Moneyball in a completely different role as a as a baseball man. I don't know what fucking characters, but he's uh, as Che in the OC. He's got the variety. He's got better characters. Chris Pratt has got better characters than Chris Hemsworth. Maybe things will change after Hulk Hogan, right? Maybe things will change, but I think he's I think he does a better variety of characters. They're not just Chris Pratt in all the roles, especially when he's playing serious. Um. But I got to give it to Pratt, right? That's two for Pratt. Okay, when it comes to chest, right? When it comes to chest, I got to give it to Hems. And wait until after Hogan as well. Wait until after Hogan. It's going to be fucking even bigger, but I got to give it to Hems. Hems got a nicer chest. I'd like to be held by that nicer. <laughs> what kind of language is this? I'd like to be held by him nicer with the chest. He's got a better chest. It's a good, it's a good looking chest. He's got a big old chest. It looks great. Uh, I like I like Pratt's chest as well, but I got to give it to Hems. Hems, you got to win this one, but I'm sorry, bro, because it's comedy, and I got to give it to Pratt. Pratt is hilarious. Pratt is gas. He's consistently he's a funny guy. Again, I can't I, I cannot make this funny because I'm just talking about how much I like Chris Pratt. I think he's great. I'm a big fan of his. I accept it. This is what I was talking about. I gave a, on my Patreon, I gave a review of Dating Around. I watched two episodes of Dating Around. And one of the birds in it was praying. But she's a fucking smoke show. So she, it looks cool. You know, it looks cool. It's like that cool fedora that you see on ASOS with an Unreal Mixed Race models wearing. And then you buy it and you look like an idiot. You know what I mean? So similarly, praying and God is cool. Because Prick, Prick, Pris, Crap is rocking it. Do you know what I mean? So I'm sorry, Hems. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this, bro. But you're out with attorney. You're out with attorney. And here in the final, which, come on, can I say any more about it? It's Chris Pratt. It's Chris Pratt versus Chris Chris Evans. Come on. Come on. Do I have to even? When it comes to charm, it's Pratt. When it comes to, wah, characters, it's Pratt. When it comes to <laughs> comedy, it's Pratt. And when it comes to <laughs> I think it has to be Pratt. I think it has to be Pratt. No, hang on, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, sorry, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. When fucking Evans gets out at when Evans gets out of the Pratt's best chest is the prison scene in, in Guardians. Evans' best scene is when he comes out with a thing as Captain America and he's got a bare chest. That's it, look! That's it. I don't know how else to spin it. There's no other way to spin it. Chris Pratt, God and all. When it comes down to the four C's, we didn't even get into the fifth C. These were not equally matched. It's got to be Chris Pratt. And you know what? Thank you very much, you, the avid listener, for tuning into the second part of this. But thank you very much for listening this far. I'm going to go back to basics in the next step. But thank you very much for listening. You know I love you. And you are going to be getting a shitload more podcasts coming here. Live from the podcast studios. Fucking raw. And I'll see you again on Tony Cantwell's Shit Show.